We are back with another episode of Black Girls Vibe. I'm Michelle. And I'm Andrea. What's up, friend? Hey there. What's been going on? <sighs> you know, I can't really call it. Just still trying to maintain and hanging in and, you know. Yeah, same old, same old. Yeah, so that's about how it feels. <laughs> you know, the good thing is there's been a lot of sports stuff that's happened since we last convened. True, just, very just true. Go. Uh, let's go ahead and get the the uh, the saddest part of the discussion out of the way. Uh, the 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 Tampa Bay Bucks defeating um, handily defeating, uh, yeah, handily, defe hand handily defeating the uh, Kansas City Chiefs two weeks ago in the Super Bowl, giving uh, Tom Brady his seventh ring, mm -hmm. six with uh, the Patriots and one with the Bucks. Mm -hmm. um, silver lining. We we delved a lot into the whole Brady component of why there was a reluctance to support the Bucks in this endeavor. Silver right. lining is uh, uh, Byron Leftwich and Todd Bowles uh, and the tremendously diverse coaching staff of the Bucks get a W and a Super Bowl wing a, a ring and hopefully the opportunity to leverage that into upward mobility within uh, the coaching ranks. Yes. So if there is a silver lining indeed to the Bucks winning, that that is definitely it. So yeah, yeah. no, it's a, it's it's really good to see the diversity in, in that coaching staff. So we'll see what happens and what opportunities do unfold for them. But um yeah, it's it's great to see. Yeah. I mean we can yeah, considering. Consider considering, yes. You know, just <laughs> trying to be, you know, half glass uh glass half full on this thing rather than right. <laughs> right. <laughs> if I wanted to see it as empty, I totally could for a very long time. But we're gonna wow. we're gonna view the positive in it and and hope that it. Um, I know we've all we've discussed it a couple of times now. Our disappointment with the fact that um, uh, Eric Bieniemy remains the OC at Kansas City. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, but hopefully. Uh, you know, I don't know if it sounds naive to hope that Leftwich and 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 Bowles get opportunities, but at the same time, it, it it you know it's increasingly undeniable that they are both very capable at their jobs, uh, and should be you know in the conversation as these opportunities arise. So right, we'll have to take yet another wait and see approach. The season's yeah. over, and so uh, yeah, we'll see them in August. <laughs> in the meantime. Oh, okay. Oh, there's uh, so much tennis stuff we could talk about. And you know what? I said that Tom Brady getting a ring was the saddest thing we could we would talk about, but let me go ahead. It's not. I'm in that. <laughs> it's not. This if we're about is, to go into Australian about, Open. This is about to be the saddest thing. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, between the two, I've been clear uh, at th throughout this this podcast series that between the two of us, you're the you're the in-house tennis person and expert. So I'm going to ask you to cook a little bit on your assessment of, uh, the, you know, the women's side of um, the Australian Open and uh, and uh, your assessment of, of, of how it ended and yeah, so we have clearly we're we're both, and I think a lot of us are rooting for Serena. We want to see her get to 24, and we also want to see her get to 25. So she is, in essence, been 
chasing um, 24 for, I guess, three years now. Just about, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and has had many opportunities either in finals or being competitive up through the semifinals of the Grand Slams to get there, um, to get 24. And so Australian Open this year was no different. Um, she played, you know, she had a couple spots in some of the earlier rounds, but she looked like she looks in the best shape that I think she's been since um, giving birth, which yeah. says a lot, um, you know, especially a woman who's been, or just not even a woman, an athlete who has been um, competitive at that level for over two decades says a lot. Um, and so like she looked very well. Um, and then, you know, got into that semifinal with Naomi Osaka, <laughs> who also looks very well. Who, who looks. Who looks amazing. Amazing, um, yeah. Played every bit of amazing and is what 14 years i think serena's junior somewhere around in there okay okay um i don't i so, don't know osaka's age so that's yeah, i think she's okay. like 25 26 okay. something i think and so okay. serena's 39 mm -hmm. um and it was i mean kudos to naomi um, there were glimpses of, you know, Serena, I think she was, it's just one of those days, right? I think, and she, Serena really explained it well for what she could in her post comp or her post um, match presser. Mm -hmm. It's just the unforced errors and you can't yeah. have that many unforced errors against a player like Osaka. And I think for the, the type of game that Osaka has, none of um, Serena's uh, competitors in, in her prior matches in the open had that type of game and that type yeah. of power. So I think she, you know, you got to bring your A++ game and she just didn't for that Osaka match in the semifinals. Yeah. So we're left with the next Grand Slam where hopefully, you know, she and, can pull it through. And that would, that would be the French if the schedule goes back to pre-COVID notions. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, uh, Serena will be 40, uh, I think, in September. I think so. Uh, yeah, she'll be 40. Uh, been playing for 26 years. I mean, I, was, I saw these numbers uh, this weekend. I'm like, that's a long, that's a long time. It's a long time. a long time. <laughs> 26 years. It's a long Literally, time. you know, two-thirds of her life, she's been a player. Uh, and what I see in Osaka is like Serena Jr. Mm -hmm. Less her, like she, you know, like it's almost as though Serena is Osaka's muse. And right. she's, she's, and it's not even like she's like their opponents. This is just what, this is what Serena wrought. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you pursue excellence for over two decades and achieve it. And those who come behind you are going to aspire to that. Right. And so Naomi is almost like the inevitable consequence of having a Serena play. Like Absolutely. it's what you hope and want to see at, at the same time, there's something bittersweet about seeing Serena Jr. Be right now. The only thing that's between Serena and 24 and time mm -hmm. Margaret court 
is mm-hmm. Osaka. That's right. The, that's the only thing. Right. Because she's only getting better. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes, Lord. <laughs> and, you know, barring an injury, I expect and, to and see we don't Osaka. want that for her. No, we don't. We don't. And so you expect Osaka with how she definitely played in Australian, in the Australian Open, to be at least in the semifinals, but definitely, you know, even in the finals for the for the near future. I mean, yeah. it's like who is challenging her um, in that same way? As Keith Sweat would say, nobody. Nobody. <laughs> nope. nobody. nobody. Yeah. Nobody so, at all. So even S- Serena, and that's the tough part. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'm I'm just hopeful that through some completely unforeseeable set of circumstances that uh, would not involve Osaka. Um, I, listen, I, I, let me just put it blunt, bluntly, like hopefully Serena will find two occasions to beat Osaka. Like that, that's. <laughs> that's it. That was, that's it. Now, and as I understand it, like Serena had 26 unforced errors and Osaka had 21. So it wasn't a banner day for, for her either. But uh, uh, And I will admit the way those uh, matches run and the way my sleep works. Oh, listen, the Australian Open is not set up for anybody. <laughs> on, on, on like this part of the earth. No, no. <laughs> no it's not. It's not. No. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. It's like setting alarms for 2 a.m. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Watch it live. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, you're right. It wasn't the cleanest match for Osaka, and she was still able to. And she to pull still, out. yeah. Uh-huh. And it's it's uh, from what I've observed just over her last several uh, matches is like her her mental toughness is scary. Osaka, right. like it's it's how un- unflappable uh, she is. I mean, even. Even on like in like gentler moments, like when a butterfly like <laughs> like landed on her face, <laughs> and she was just like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> she just very matter of fact about it. She didn't <laughs> like have a fit or anything. Yeah, she didn't do that thing. So she's just very unflappable, and I think that's that's a key. Uh, you know, obviously that's a key skill set to have when you're playing sports at an elite level amongst uh, equally elite athletes, uh, such as uh, those found at that level of women's tennis, including Serena. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I will say, uh, speaking of the other Williams sister, I just love Venus. Oh. Like just, she's out there trying to, she's still pushing through. And if, if Serena is 39, about to be 40, then Venus is Venus has to be 40. They're, they're, they're not, I mean, they're probably like more stair steps. So I don't think she's deep in her, you know, obviously she's not deep in her 40s, but she's got to be 41. I would think so. Or, so. or, or, or approaching it. Or approach, yeah. 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 Venus yeah. is in her 40s. No right. hard stop. Uh, to the, so to see her continue to try to, uh, to push through uh, just warms my heart because, you know, Serena has done so much for. They both have done so much for tennis and sports okay. generally. Uh, so uh, always want to see both of them do well. Um, yeah. So, <sighs> so there are more opportunities. So we'll. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can recall. 
uh, not the open, but Wimbledon uh, 2019, wearing my Arthur Ashe shirt, uh, breakfast at, you know, Wimbledon, had gone to Panera, because this was going to be the, the, the day that Serena got 24. That was, you know, a year and a half ago. Right. So close, yeah, closer to, coming closer to two years. So yeah, it just feels like a, you know, we're just waiting every time to see it, you know, to see it. But where where I have gotten over the last few weeks, and I, you know, I'd like to hear your thoughts on it too. Whether you're whether you've changed for me, Serena's the greatest tennis player ever. If she never tie, if she stays at twenty three and retires at twenty three, she's the greatest. I I totally agree with that. Heart, yeah, like she, I'm, I'm totally with you. Um, I don't know how much of is in her to still the competitor in her. I think is still, you know, I'm getting that right. <laughs> right, right. I, I feel pretty, pretty confident in making that statement. But yeah, no, if she, if, if this is her last year playing, and you know, we've seen her at the final Australian, and she's just making the, the closeout of all the Grand Slams, mm-hmm. and she's like, I'm hanging it up. Okay, then, but yes, yeah, um, absolutely. There is no no doubt, and I know, you know, a couple of players on the men's side um, with Federer and the doll are in there twenty plus with titles, but it, it she's still hands down, yeah, male or female, yeah, and you know, uh, when you stack up how they got to their respective numbers and victories. Mm-hmm. Margaret Court kind of comes off the page as far as the comparison, right? Yeah. Like she, she, she played in the pre like slam era. I will say this to the end. She never had to face Althea Gibson. True. So yeah, she has 24. She has a, t- see, I'm, I, yeah, I'm not going to say that. Uh, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not going to go back to the football conversation. Um, gotcha. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I'll say. All I'll say. Um, she, she, her path to 24, I submit, and I think you would agree, was much smoother than Serena's path to 23 has been. Absolutely. Um, and I think the next closest comparison on the women's side um, is Steffi Groff, but Steffi mm-hmm. didn't play as long as Serena yeah. has. Right, um, right. So I think she's now another 10 years in past what Steffi played. Steffi, yeah. 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 So well it, I want yeah. I wanted to ask you about this. We've we've not actually, I mean we've talked about this before, but we've not talked about this in the context of recent complaints about it. But even on our Facebook page, there have been some conversations this week around Chrissy Everett's commentary. Mm-hmm. Saw the subtle face change. Oh, saw that. <laughs> I did. I did. Um uh and uh, I think one of our one of the one of the tribers um, was saying that she felt as though you know Chrissy is Chrissy and she brings that same voice to every match regardless who's playing, um, which could very well uh, be the case. I can say that I and perhaps I can qualify that I as a black woman experience Chrissy's comments in a very specific way that. Uh, you know, that come across, you know, they come across feeling like microaggressions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so someone was asking, like, 
well, can somebody give me an example of the type of like something Chrissy has said? And it's like, it's, it's kind of too subtle for me to tell you, like, it's not like she said something really incendiary most of the time. Right. It's just, it's just subtle digs all the time. Yeah. And I, I did see that. And, and there has been a lot, a few articles around um, about Chrissy. I can't say that if, if Chrissy has called or when she has called other matches, um, I've been as attuned, but it is like the subtle digs. Like it's just words that if, if you're not a black female, maybe you wouldn't pick up on the fact that it's like, but she doesn't make that same analogy or describe other, um, uh, other uh, tennis players who are not black in that same way. It's, it's, it seems to me, it's been really more um, focused in on Serena and Venus, but there, you know, the Flones and um, a couple of the other young black female African American players still get that same type of description about them that other players just don't. Yeah, yeah. But you're I mean, right, like you can't really, ex- it's not so really amorphous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like amoeba, an amoeba. Like you can't quite just grab it and I, you know, like, oh, I got it. This is what it is. But you know, I, you know, things like uh, suge- su- suggesting or stating that like Serena brings drama, right? Uh, or she, you know, or that she can be like, too easily distracted. That she just needs to focus on tennis and not, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a kind of a, a, a vein of shut up and dribble. Right. Basically, right. Like you can't um, have all these other things or yeah, all these like other the, interests. Fashion and all these things. And, you know, in the context of what makes a well-rounded person, you would think having outside activities. I mean, we all need to be well-rounded, athletes right. included. So uh, you might think that commentators would like support and embrace that rather than raise that as a reason why performance is is poor uh, mm-hmm. or, or, or has been off. Uh, so, yeah, I... I just, I, I don't have a lot of favorable things to say as far as my assessment of, of Chrissy's, um, just how she brings herself to conversations around the elite black uh, women tennis players and, and, and Serena specifically. Right. I don't like using the word hateration or holleration in this dancery, but. <laughs> <laughs> but what better word? I, I mean, like- yeah, I, I don't like to use it because I feel like it can be inartful and it's not very specific. But if you want it like a textbook definition or uh, feeling like like that, that's what it feels like. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it's because they really the Williams sisters really came in and just changed tennis. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. forget women's tennis. They have they changed tennis. Um and especially Serena with her body type and her athleticism and like that's not the typical tennis player build for a woman, right? right. So right. I think it's some of, of that of, of her physical appearance and um and the strength and the power that she brought to the game. I mean, she's serving at higher speeds and, and faster speeds than some of the men. So, yeah, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's let's insane. be clear. She can take some of the men to task yeah, yeah. easily. Yeah. Um, even now at this age. So, I, I don't know. I, I there's. I, I'm with you. Like the hateration doesn't maybe artfully articulate 
what it is, but it it is there and it's present and it's been there for about as long as they've been um, been on the tour and playing. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And as a as a I don't know if you want to call this a related aside, it the the double standard is very interesting uh, when you talk about like Serena's physicality and build and and you know we've seen the racist tropes over the years that have come from that. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the round, in the quarterfinal round, and I cannot recall her opponent's name, but uh, Serena was bringing it to her and the girl had a complete meltdown. Yes. And nobody brought the heat. Mm-mm. Meanwhile, was, nope. recall uh, that it was an Australia's, uh, Australian cartoonist that probably drew the most racist cartoon, like caricature of Serena that I've ever seen of her, like this, like big lips, dark skin, like right. almost ape-like in figure, you know, uh, stomping on um, a tennis racket. And I think it was after the 19 US Open, I think. I don't even think it was a, an Australian Open related. I think it was when she got into it with, I don't know if it was a line judge, uh, with the, the finals match with Osaka. With Osaka, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the, 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 the inherent racism that was in, you know, the cartoons that were drawn uh, kind of as a commentary on that uh, and all the folks, all the sports commentators who had something to say about it, but nobody has taken the young lady to task for her full on, full on, Right. Meltdown. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get it to whom much is given, much is required. Serena certainly has a higher, more elevated profile, but uh, rules are rules. Poor behavior is poor behavior. Mm-hmm. And and that was poor. And that was poor. <laughs> that racket that didn't poor. have a chance. <laughs> I felt horrible for that, it. That racket went straight to the upper room. It, it was... Mm-mm. Yeah, it was RIP racket, like it. Right. Was, yeah. 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 But, you know, I, you know, I guess if she never advances, whomever, and, and we don't even know her name, right? Like I can't recall it's it. Escaping me. I, yeah, I can't. But I can't pinpoint it. Point blank, like the the double standard exists, uh, and will just continue to be perpetuated. Uh, Joker won on the men's side. You got anything to say about that? The the only thing I do have to say is that I didn't see it. <laughs> right. So up until right now, <laughs> you didn't know. You didn't know. The last match I saw. Was, right. It's like, oh yeah, there was a men's final. Yeah. yeah. Well, Joker won. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, okay. congrats. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. last match I saw was Nadal and and the gentleman whose last name I'm not going to pronounce because I can't say it correctly. So that's fair. And it was a five set and it was really good. Yes. I didn't see it either, but I saw the, <laughs> mm-hmm. I saw that it went to five sets and it looked like it was a, a, uh, a good match. For yeah. Sure. For so. sure. Well, that is it for Australian open. And uh, I guess we'll wait to see uh, what's going to happen with um, French open and Wimbledon. Uh, it sounds like, what I'm hearing tentatively, and if you've heard the same or differently, you know, say something, it looks like U.S. Open for now is trying to do some form of like having some capacity for fans. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which for, you know, um, Ash, you know, as, as big and cavernous as that is, I could, I could see, I mean, if you really limit capacity, you could have fans in Ash. Uh, Armstrong, it's a little tight. It is a little tight. A little I'm tight. not sure about that. Kinda, yeah. This is, you know, you're this and Armstrong. So yeah. it'll just be interesting to see how they work that through. And I guess also, like, depending on the, the rate at which, you know, vaccinations continue to ramp up, I guess they could, that could influence all of these different and, and, you know, with, uh, you know, how France mm-hmm. and uh, England are looking as far as numbers, you know, I guess within the next couple of months will obviously influence what happens there. Uh, uh, but, you know, we all we know that these these sports leagues and these tournaments need to, re- re- you know, they're, they are revenue generating business enterprises Absolutely. In for the profit. Yep. And so we know that if they can find a way and a justification to host the rest of the Grand Slams in 2021, they will. They absolutely will. Which is a perfect segue. I know where we're going. We're coming down I-20 to Atlanta. <laughs> Welcome to Atlanta. <laughs> Welcome to Atlanta. Where the exactly. NBA players play. Yes, yes. And where COVID plays. Oh, it Unfortunately. Does. All in uh, these streets. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with that having been said, um, All-Star Game, two weeks from today, mm-hmm. uh, a little mini bubble, uh, uh, players fly in privately Saturday night, bubble up, mm-hmm. play Sunday, fly mm-hmm. out Sunday, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, NBA is having no parties. No, no, no NBA sanctioned. Yeah, no, 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 no NBA sanctioned anything other than the activities that will occur mm-hmm. within State Farm Arena. Correct. Well, you are the ATL in between <laughs> us. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, t- tell us, tell us your reaction to having, uh, to, to you all hosting and, and share and share like what your mayor said, like, tell, tell us, you know, give us the goods around what, what Atlantans are thinking about this. Yeah, so those of us who live in Atlanta are like, what? <laughs> well, first of all, a couple, you know, like some folks were like, what? The All-Star Game is coming? Yes, the All-Star Game is coming to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Yes. Our mayor said, thank you, but no thank you. <laughs> but okay. <laughs> um, and then, you know, NBA commissioner, oh. I listened to him talk on TNT the other day and I hear, I heard him and I was listening. I was listening for understanding. <laughs> Not to respond. Yeah. But yeah. it's I, the intentions are there. I get it. And so, you know, he was talking about it's a TNT event and the TNT crew there in Atlanta. So to take whatever number that is, it right. really outweighs the number of players who would be coming and, and team, you know, coaches, whatever, the non-TNT staff. Mm-hmm. But to uproot the TNT staff to another location, it just made more sense to bring the players here. Okay. I get that. Um, but, you know, then he talked a little bit about the HBCU aspect that we talked about a couple weeks ago which still 
to me doesn't really make any sense in the pandemic because you're not anyway um it, it just but he emphasized you know like it's not like it, this is not it's a televised event watch this from the tv don't come out whatever sounds good in theory but it's real like kind of naive because like we all know we do we <laughs> it's know atlanta you We're don't have to have mm-hmm. listen Mm-mm. the the the, <laughs> the whole <laughs> You go to belt. You go. You go to the belt line right now. It's a sunny day. Go to oh the belt line right my now. Gosh, it's. I'm sure it's been so many people out. So many people out at the different um, spots along the belt line. Like we are open. We have been open. This is just something to add another layer for people to come here. If it's cold where they are, or it's Atlanta, so it's going to be a party, NBA sanctioned or not. Like there is a club promoter or promoters who will have something mm-hmm. for the for our wonderful out of town guests. So, I mean, that's just the reality of it. You don't have to have NBA sanctioned anything. Not at all. Not at all. Um, so yeah, y'all be y'all be safe. I, I you know you posted you posted uh, about. Uh, Adam Silver's interview on um, Inside the NBA. Yeah. And, and to the point where I was curious enough, I went and watched it yesterday. Like I had to see. Yeah, it was a lot of tap dancing. And it was. Like shuffling and, you know, na- trying to navigate. He said something very telling to me, which comes back to this point around like, this is business. Like this is all mm-hmm. about like, he said, you know, when we, we, um, abruptly shut operations down last March. There were a lot of people giving us like a pat on the back for doing it and all this. And he said, you know, the, the attaboy isn't for shutting down. The attaboy really is for figuring out how to operate safely and like how to come back and operate safely in COVID. Right. What we know about that is that there's a fundamental flaw in the notion of being able to operate safely and without any risk in COVID in the context of indoor sports. Right. So you, you can't, like it's hard to put safe and indoor sports of any kind in this moment. You can't, you can't it, it's hard to get them to play mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, that was his way of, of, of like signaling, don't get it twisted. We were all, we just had to figure out how we could come back to making this money. Right, right, because it is a business. It is a business. Yeah, and 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 because of the risk management orientation of the business, when we realized we had two at least two players on one team that had it, we had to go into we went into risk management aspect of the business Mm -hmm. temporarily. Right, we're not doing that again. (laughs) Like we're not. When he was asked, he said, "We're not. We're not doing that again. Like we're going to find a way." And so it seems to me like they're they very much aligned. They've they've transitioned and uh, have been very much aligned. They're more aligned with like the NFL model, because uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know. Be, let's be reminded, NFL played all hundred all two hundred fifty six games of the regular season. Right. You know, even if it was like a week later, they played games. If it was on a Tuesday afternoon, mm-hmm. they played games. <laughs> right. 
with a with a third or fourth string quarterback. <laughs> right, right. We're playing <laughs> with, a, with a line with a lineman as their QB one. Like, oh, put me in. Okay, the, well, the center is taking snaps. Okay, I, well. <laughs> um, the game must go on. Yeah, so I, you know, I, I feel like Silver has transitioned from a very cautious, from a more, you know, a more cautious posture that you might expect to see from a lawyer to a more like business oriented mm-hmm. balance like that lawyer's still working but like the thrust now is the business and we can't take another L in 2021 as we did in 2020 so it, it's play on yeah uh and spring training where well, I mean we're on the the cusp of I mean we're right on the cusp of that so it'll be interesting to see how MLB like what their season looks like. Cause I, I think hopefully they will have had enough lessons learned from kind of the tumultuous <laughs> start of the last season. Of last oh, year. I know that's right. right. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that so, was horrible. I'm, I'm yeah. curious to see how they get, how get, how they get it started uh, this time. Let me also add about mm-hmm. MLB, just a yeah. reminder. The MLB all-star game is here this year. Too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Atlanta. So that's the, that's where, where, where the, the All Star Games reside. <laughs> right, and that's on Mary Had a Little Lamb. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, maybe by July, the vac. You know, like I think what we have to be prayerful for, like for two weeks. We're, I mean, it's done. So, but for. Um, big events planned for months from now, later on in the year. Um, yeah, I mean, hopefully, maybe back, maybe the vaccination piece uh, will um, will create a, a foreseeable, like a, a manageable path to having a relatively, I mean, relatively safe yeah. Uh, yeah. all-star all game with fans. I, I yeah. don't know. I don't know. Um, but you know, I was seeing some data. I was uh, reading some data yesterday around like this, like when we'll approach herd immunity, and it's, it's such a. I mean, there's so many factors that go into it, but I mean, bottom line is whether you approach it, you know, sooner or later, a lot of people will die from COVID between now and when we reach herd immunity. Right. Like yeah. more, like. <clears throat> hundreds of thousands, a yeah. hundred thousand, you know, between now and herd immunity. So we can't hang our hat on that being like the path to normal, relative normalcy. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what the implications are for all these good sporting events that we would typically be all. I know. We, we had already started talking about the all-star, the all-star mm-hmm. uh, MLB thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you know, we've taken a lot of, uh, you know, uh, sports L's because of COVID. I'm not, not that I'm keeping exact count, but it's, it's, there's a, there's a count amassing. I just can't get over the, the, the final we four. We still think it's final four. <laughs> I, can't, I, can, I can barely say it. Like I know, I know, I know. So uh, here's hoping that, uh, Here's hoping that COVID just gets under control. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, getting sports back uh, would be nice, but it's not, it can't be the thrust, can't be the reason 
for getting back to like it's got to be more fundamental than that but uh, hopefully uh we'll we'll turn a corner soon where we where we can talk about safely having uh fans back in some arenas in some uh, limited capacity um wanted to switch uh gears a little bit and ask you about uh a school that I know for your for your family has a, a, a college an HBCU that ha, for your family ha, that has significance mm-hmm. uh, in a special place one uh, Jackson State University. Oh boy! Oh yes. boy! Oh uh, boy! I, I think Coach Prime that game may be on now. Oh okay. Yeah, their first game of the season against Edmund Waters out of Florida. Um, maybe it's on ESPN three. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think that, and it's the first time that Edmund Waters is playing a D1 team in a minute. Uh, so uh, Jackson State, you know, they're the they're the the favorites going in, and uh, wishing Coach Prime all the best. I know. Yeah, I'll have to check out if not the game, depending on. I don't even know if I have ESPN three. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I I don't really know how that. I feel like it's it's ESPN three like the online plat like. You get it through the online platform. I'm not sure that it's a proper, like as, I'm, as I'm pointing towards my time. I, sure. <laughs> um, I think I think it's like connected to like online stuff. Okay. I may check. If I can't pick it up, I'll maybe try and find some highlights later. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else going on in the sports world that has caught your attention? Man. We've talked, uh, well, we did our Super Bowl recap. We talked a lot about the Australian. Mm-hmm. Little NBA, I will say I still haven't watched too many games yet, but I'll get there. I'll get there. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't, either, I mean, I'm where, I'm where I was two weeks ago. I haven't watched many games. I have put a game on, okay. uh, but didn't really get off. So that's progress. Um, you know, we're just in like I I do tend to miss football, like just having something to eat, just put on to have on on like Sundays. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that you know, this is that season of adjustment. College basketball uh, on the men's side, like it's just turned on its head. You know, Duke and UNC played a week or two ago, and my Tar Heels beat Duke, and I couldn't even revel. Like we we suck. Like. <laughs> They're both, both still on rank, right? They're both on rank. Like, yeah. <laughs> the hollow victory. Yeah, like, it was so hollow. I didn't even enjoy putting the, the Jordan face on my man Lamar. Like, I was like, oh, my heart wasn't in it at all. I'm like, well, Uh-oh. I always post it. So here I but I did not enjoy it. <laughs> uh, looks like Virginia, if I'm not mistaken, may be the hot ticket in the ACC. Okay. Alabama's like ranked or was ranked. And doing well, which you know, okay. basketball isn't always our our forte. No, and I'm pretty sure I maybe I don't know. It may have been a couple of weeks ago that Georgia Tech was making some moves. I don't know where they are really? now, but yeah, really, yeah. I mean, Tech. I mean, it feels like Tech used to be kind of a basketball mm-hmm. institution of sorts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were they when 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 you were there as a student? Were they were they in like a were they in a rebuilding season? Were they good? Like, did you go to many games? I didn't go to many games. Um, 
I, gosh, I'm trying to remember who would, who would have been there at the time. Um, but they were pretty good to watch and, and they, I've been to games since then. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, they've kind of had some, some peak seasons. So they may have been coming right out of a rebuilding when I was there. Okay. Um, yeah. Cool. Cool. It's, it's always, uh, you know, cool to talk to folks who go to schools that, I mean, until my recent affiliation with Florida, you know, my schools didn't really, schools I'm affiliated with didn't make much noise. So it's always great to talk to folks who did go to schools <laughs> that made sports noise. Super dope. Um, I just quickly looked up like the top 10, like AP on the men's side, uh, Gonzaga, Gonzaga. Yeah. Tomato, tomato. Mm-hmm. One, Baylor two, Michigan three, Ohio, the Ohio State four, the Illinois five, Houston, hmm. uh, yeah, six, Virginia seven, Bama eight, Oklahoma nine, and Nova ten. Nice. Okay. And there's no Duke or UNC mm. in the top 25. So mm. it's just that year. It's just that year. So there's that. Um from a history standpoint, I will point out, unrelated to anything we've talked about uh, to this point, today marks, and I hope I'm getting my numbers right. Yeah. Today should mark the 50, hmm, carry the one, the, 56, <laughs> the 56th anniversary of the um, assassination of Malcolm X. Uh, um, and, uh, an important, obviously a, an important figure in American history, but you know, an important figure in this way in, um, American sports history, given yeah. his relationship with Cassius Clay, who, because of the influence of Malcolm X went on to convert to the nation of Islam and changed his name to Muhammad Ali. Right. Uh, so, you know, we, we can't, when we talk about you know, influential sports figures in America. Obviously, Muhammad Ali is like on the short list of the greatest. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, you know, his connection to Malcolm X frequently gets not enough attention for uh, how much Malcolm X influenced his political awakening, if you will. Right. Uh, and so, you know, I don't know that there is. Ali, the athlete activist, without the influence of a Malcolm X. Uh, yeah, oh, that's so a good point. Yeah, seems appropriate to mention that on this day. Uh, uh, that unfortunately marks the um, the anniversary of his assassination by another member. Uh, well, by a member of the Nation of Islam. Uh, by the time he was assassinated, uh, Malcolm was no longer a member uh, of the nation. Um, but uh, yeah, um, have you seen any good? I mean, we we are we primarily talk about sports around here, but we do other things too. I mean, we hadn't been able to do many other things in light of worldwide pandemic. But right, have, <laughs> have you seen any good movies or what's caught your eye uh, on HBO Max, Netflix? Anything worth recommending to the peoples? Yeah, well, since you did um, mention. Um, the Malcolm X assassination, because I was actually had the movie on. I think TNT is airing it, um, the Denzel Washington version mm-hmm. of Malcolm X. Um, so I was watching that actually before we jumped on okay. and started chatting. Yeah. Um, and then since you mentioned too the um, connection with Muhammad Ali and, and Malcolm X, One Night in Miami, 
I know we have both seen yep. on uh, Amazon Prime. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so for those who have not watched, definitely go check that out. Um, right. It's really good. Really well done and directed by Regina King. If yes. I have that correct. Yes. yes. That's right. That's right. Um, Speaking of Regina King, did you have you seen her um, her guesting on Saturday Night Live last week? No. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I need to check that out. Yeah, I I haven't seen it either. I need to check okay. it out. Too. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, for me, if it happens after ten p.m., I yeah yeah yeah. So uh, I've been I've been telling myself I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna go back to I'm gonna go to Hulu or wherever and watch it. So yeah, Regina King was the guest on Saturday Night Live. Not this not yesterday, but Saturday week. Okay, yeah. I'll check it out. Yeah, so check that out. I'm trying to think of any other uh, movies or anything with like a sports related theme. I haven't seen anything too. Uh, uh, it's not sports related, but if we're talking about like revolutionaries and uh, who were assassinated, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah mm -hmm. uh, uh, is a movie that I'd recommend folks see. Uh, uh, and it's a, it's a, I think a, a good entry point uh, for those who don't know about who uh, uh, Fred Hampton was, uh, it, it's, it's a good starting point to initiate conversation and exploration around who he was. And so young, right? Like 20, assassinated at age 21. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize um, how young he was. Yeah. I've seen some articles that talk about the fact that the casting of older actors to like, to play these, these folks who are in their early twenties kind of does them a disservice because you lose sight of how, like these were, you don't want to call them kids, but these were very young people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. These were very young people. Uh, so I would recommend uh, Judas and the black Messiah. Um, and those are really, I mean, one night in Miami and that um, are, kind of the two major like like black themed films that I've seen recently that that were pretty good and I'd recommend. Yep. Same here. I can't think of any others um off the top of my head, but those are I think two really good recommendations. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well friend, I think we've we have explored all the topics of all the things that have occurred. Now we've got to decide when we want to talk again. Do we want to do it, you know, before like before the all-star game <laughs> or uh, a, a day or two after. So let's, let's, let's spend some time figuring out. Um, I know you'll be sheltering in place. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. The whole <laughs> weekend. <laughs> yeah. That's, they can have it. They, they can, whatever it, it, it is that's out there. Have you, have, all of it. have you seen any parties being promoted? Like have, have any flyers come your way? Have you started to see the. I okay. haven't yet. Um, but you know, maybe it's too soon, but yeah, maybe so. I give it another week, but no, nothing has, mm -mm, nothing's come across. You know, there are a couple places um, that come to mind that would potentially have something, um, but I haven't seen anything yet. Yeah. And And we know the reality is that, the people who are who are coming, I mean, people were coming the minute they heard it was going to be on the seventh. So they've booked and planned. Absolutely. Uh, like, and they will figure it out, like what they're going to do uh, when they get there. Because mm -hmm. we're open, so 
you know, they're open and you, and you, you never closed. Yeah. Uh, you mm -hmm. never closed. Um, and, uh, before we close out, I, I'm, um, want to send, um, prayers and love and light to those in Texas and Louisiana and Arkansas who, uh, because of power grid issues have, uh, been without water and, um, heat and power. Mm -hmm. or, or have their have had their homes substantially damaged as a result of burst pipe busted pipes. Uh, just know that we are thinking about you and praying for you and and uh, hoping that you can find uh, a way to recover from this. We know okay. it, you know still things are still very much in flux, but uh, we're praying for you. Absolutely, awesome. Well, friend, we will talk in two weeks or so. We got to figure out when. Uh, and for all you all who are listening out there, we really appreciate your support. Uh, check us out on your favorite podcast platform. Subscribe to us so that you get notices about when our episodes come out. So uh, you know when, this, when we're hot and fresh like the uh, Krispy Kreme donuts. <laughs> the hot light is on. The hot, the hot, the hot, hot now. Is it hot now? <laughs> hot now, yes. You I know, know when that hot, hot light bling. Exactly. Exactly. So. We appreciate y'all's support and we will see you again in two weeks.